Welcome to the Hayes Worldwide Leadership Insights Podcast. In this series, I'll be talking to business leaders from across the world of work who will be sharing their expertise to help you effectively lead your business, both now and in the future. Whether it's virtual reality, the Internet of Things, or artificial intelligence, digital change is sweeping through all aspects of our lives, from shopping and leisure to work and personal finance. Therefore, it should come as no surprise that technology is impacting the way organizations like yours search for and acquire talent. As such, HR leaders around the world are under increasing pressure to innovate. For this to happen, they need to fully understand the impact of new and emerging technology on HR and then make the right HR tech decisions for their business. Understandably, this mammoth task is causing sleepless nights for many, and it's easy to see why. So to help shed some light and share her expertise, today we're joined by Jackie Carter, Group Digital Engagement Director here at Hayes. Over the past 30 years, Jackie has played a key role in driving innovation and change across the Hayes business. And in her current role, she's focused on keeping up to date with the existing and evolving technology players in the HR sector specifically. Jackie is uniquely positioned to provide advice on this topic, so it's great to have her with us here today. Hi, Jackie, and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. So, given your role, you must come across new technologies every day. In your opinion, which technologies do you think are the most exciting from an HR point of view, and what new opportunities do they present? Well, to be honest, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of new technologies and platforms emerging, it seems, on a daily basis. Many of them are very exciting. Many of them have the opportunity to be real game changers. But there's also a bit of buzzword bingo going on where um, you really only got to mention AI or machine learning and suddenly people are interested in your products. But there are very, very many that are very exciting. The standouts for me are those which are working with artificial intelligence, such as chatbots, powering job applications, interactions. One of the most exciting things about chatbots is that they enable those conversations to happen 24-7. Obviously, without that, you need to rely on a human being at the other end of the phone. But with a, an AI chatbot, you don't need, to, don't need to rely on that. So we're finding that candidates are using chatbots to apply for jobs at any time of day or night. It's also being used in some organisations to provide service to existing staff. They can ask the chatbot how much leave they have outstanding, whether or not one of their colleagues is even in the office, all sorts of fundamentals like that, which can suddenly actually take a lot of work away from from uh, employees, which is, is definitely a benefit. So definitely AI. Um, blockchain has numerous applications in the staffing and HR industry, predominantly around identity management and how people store and manage data. I think we all realise that data is very important and we need to manage it very carefully and certainly Mr Zuckerberg has helped us realise that. So I think blockchain will start to build trust in its platform as a way to manage identity more securely than perhaps we have until now. Virtual reality and employers such as PricewaterhouseCoopers are starting to use VR technology to give job seekers a glimpse into their workplace and the environment and culture. And we're also seeing video used much more uh, now to, to give that kind of glimpse into an environment, into a culture of a company as well. But certainly uh, VR, you can use that technology to get a view of a workplace or of a candidate's portfolio of work. So it can actually apply in both areas. 
We're also seeing it used in countries where occupational health and safety rules are important, which are very many environments now, where an employee can actually record what they're doing physically day to day to ensure they've had the correct training or that they're operating in a safe a safe practice. And then augmented reality, I think a lot of companies are starting to experiment in the use of AR in terms of, again, providing more interactive candidate experiences. It can allow a candidate to walk through the workplace, participate in a client meeting or other relevant activity, and perhaps it will start to replace video conferencing in the way that candidates can actually or employees can actually attend meetings without physically necessarily being there. Now, as you've just demonstrated, there are new technologies and platforms emerging all the time. So I can imagine it can be quite overwhelming for HR leaders to stay up to date and informed. So what advice would you give to any listeners who've been tasked with innovating their HR department, but just don't even know where to begin? Well, I can completely sympathise because even though I'm immersed in this all the time, it is quite daunting. And the velocity with which new technology is being launched and developed is actually quite frightening. So (laughs) I can certainly understand why people get daunted by that. There is also that coupled with a, a sense of urgency around wanting to make changes that actually put people under a lot of pressure. And the worst thing I think that anyone can do is to rush into a decision around technology without having really thought through what the impact of that change is going to be. So my advice would be to start really with identifying what the problem is you're trying to solve. What, what is it you want to achieve at the end of all this? And really, what are the objectives? Are you looking to enhance what you already do? Are you looking to transform some part of your process into a new way of working? Are you forging new ground with something that the company's never done before? So I think from what I've seen, there are very many fragmented technologies that actually look at parts of the hiring journey as opposed to anything that's end-to-end. So you really need to be able to pick out the thing that you think is going to have the biggest influence in your organisation rather than trying to boil the ocean. You may have more than one problem. You probably will need more than one solution. As I said, the hiring journey is a complex one, whether it's building brand and awareness from an employee value proposition to connecting people with the right opportunity at the right time. It's about customer experience, engagement and building relationships. There are all sorts of technologies that can interact all the way along that journey and that pathway. So breaking down the problem into bite-sized chunks is much more likely to enable you to evaluate the right technology to give you the outcome that you're looking for. So once the type of technology needed has been identified, are there any other considerations which need to be made? Definitely. I think partly because there are so many technologies available, having the right questions to ask ready to go so that you can get consistent perspective on each of the conversations that you're having is really important. So knowing how widely you're planning to scale that technology, if the answer to that is globally or beyond one country, then remember that English isn't the same in every English-speaking country. Canada's English is slightly different to the UK, is slightly different to America, is definitely different to Australia. And that has an impact through something called taxonomy, because that effectively is the structure of all the interaction you're going to have with that technology. So you have to make sure that there's capability to support that in all the locations that you want to to operate. An example that we often use is that servers can mean very different things in the US compared to the UK. 
Also, considering the business environment you're operating in and how this might impact on your choice of technology. So, for example, GDPR has obviously had a massive impact in Europe and the UK this year. And having a a supplier who understands the impact of that and has an operation that's set up to be compliant with GDPR is incredibly important. And how should a business leader go about identifying and evaluating suitable technology partners? It's basically a lot of reading, a lot of networking, a lot of researching, attending conferences, talking to people that you know and respect in that sector. It does take a lot of time and you do need to be quite ruthless about how you evaluate potential providers. And as I said, going back to your previous question around the sort of research and knowing what you need to ask so that you can actually talk to two or three providers who might offer the same products but you have a very consistent view of how they operate, which is sometimes going to come down to what makes you make the decision in which one which one to partner with. And what about once you've implemented the new technology within your department? How can a leader go about making sure that the teams using it are fully on board? Firstly, once implementation is, is underway, that's really when the hard work begins. Fundamentally, it's people that actually make technology successful. It's an enabler. Technology is an enabler. It's the people that actually make it work. Not having them engaged and not having them excited and not having them committed to ensuring that that technology is successful will really ensure that you don't succeed. So there are a few things that you need to think about to make sure that you do succeed. If possible, involve them in the decision-making process and make them feel part of the change. If that's not possible, then ensure they understand the reasoning behind the change and what what it is you're trying to achieve. It really is an exciting time and you do need people to realise that and get excited along with it. Make sure people understand what an important part they play in the project as well. They're key to its success. They need to find this an inspiring and empowering journey rather than it being something that's overwhelming and daunting. And again, making sure that they understand how it fits into the bigger picture, what your key objectives were, and how they're contributing to that, I think is is pretty important. Upskilling and reskilling, making sure that you know where people's skills gaps lie. And there are many ways of getting those messages across, and upskilling and, and training people can be done via a variety of channels, whether it's Q&A sessions or webinars, manuals. We've just done a a rollout in Australia where we've used video uh, as a teaser, not even as training, but just to get people excited about a product. So I think video is going to become more and more the way that really messages are delivered uh, across the workforce. I'd also say that one strategy that we've employed with great success within Hayes is identifying change agents within the team and across the wider business to drive someone who's passionate about digital change and technology, but but they actually drive that attitude, if you like, across the business because they're not only supporters, they're passionate about the change that technology can bring. They understand how to use it to get results. And we've, we've had great success with this strategy. And in fact, I think it's now the way that we do all of our rollouts within Hayes because effectively it means that people want that technology before it's even got to their desk, which makes it much easier to get successful implementation. And lastly, I think you need to be continually assessing engagement, understanding over time how successful that technology's been, that change, what impact is it having, is it solving the problems you wanted it to solve, what learns could you share from that implementation, And what best practices can you share to make sure that the next implementation you do is just as successful? 
Now, I'm sure in some cases, new skills will need to be brought into the organization. Are there any considerations that leaders should take into account when recruiting for such innovation projects? Sure. I think that hiring contractors is a great way to fill technical skills gaps. If you bring in a piece of technology which is going to require an intense period of implementation and once that's done, you may not necessarily want those skills in your team. So hiring contractors gives you a great way to bring that skill in while you need it, give you flexibility and help you drive that forward. But I'd also say that you need to hire people with the right attitude. You want people who will take a positive approach to changing technology and help your existing workforce to do the same. Soft skills play a really important role here too. So trying to hire staff with traits such as curiosity, adaptability and a kind of problem-solving attitude will basically make a massive difference to the way that the company as a whole adapts to change and takes up change across the company. Thank you, Jackie. This has helped make sense of what could initially seem to be quite an overwhelming, daunting task for many business leaders. Now, we have one final question for you, and it is something we ask all of our podcast guests. What do you think are the top three qualities that make a good leader? Well, they're probably not the conventional ones in my case. For me, the three things that I need to think constantly about are vision, being prepared to challenge the norm which is critical when you're in a role that's leading innovation. Secondly, influencing skills. You have to be able to take people on the journey with you and you have to make believers of them, even when they perhaps don't initially trust your judgment. And then third would be empathy, being able to see things from others' perspectives, whether that's colleagues, whether it's customers or partners that you work with. They would be the three that I think are most important. Brilliant. Thank you so much again for your time, Jackie. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Hayes Worldwide Leadership Insights Podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please subscribe to receive the latest episodes straight to your device. 